Oh, hello, hello all. Welcome to On Air with Wakeful Throne. This is uh, episode three of season two, and we're welcomed by Venom4719. Yo, he's back. He's back. Fuck yeah. So, over the last week, uh, some some of you guys may have noticed on social media that Wakeful Entertainment is now an official business. It's an official studio. It does entertainment, TV, film, and animation. So if any of you guys want to get in and help out as part of the team, uh, email through to wakefulentertainment at hotmail.com. That's W-A-K-E-F-U-L entertainment at hotmail.com. And uh, I can't wait to hear your emails, guys. And I'll I'll okay. be trying to trying to reply within the twenty four hour to seventy two hour mark, depending on how much emails are coming through. Um, because obviously I still got to run a business too now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Venom kind of wanted to go over today of some of his music interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I I think that's been a big thing for all of us as of lately, especially since I put out the first uh, episode of season two with Fuck Yeah, or Fuck Yeah. yeah. Fuck he's yeah. a great one. Yeah, he's Love a he, he's a great great friend. We're still talking every day, and uh, he's a Vietnamese US citizen, so. Yeah, I fully followed him straight after that episode. I was like, fuck yeah, I can vibe with this. Fuck yeah, I can follow fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I can fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, I've only released one more track within the last couple weeks since then. Uh, That's about all I've been able to do. (laughs) But yeah, how's, how's your music and stuff been? Uh, it was good until yesterday. Um, I did something for the first the first time that every single uh, guitar player goes through at some point is I finally, for the first time, broke a string. Oh, yeah, well. Finally. And coincidentally enough, it was the G string. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my first time... You. My first time breaking a guitar string was when I was taking guitar lessons back in uh, Intermediate, and my music teacher got pissed off with me because I broke a guitar string on two different guitars <laughs> in the same lesson. <laughs> what were you doing? I was playing the guitar Just like you said. It. <laughs> but they they must have been so worn out by all the other students that they just yeah. both broke. Yeah, because I don't know exactly how old um, my acoustic guitar is because I I can't really remember the first time I had this guitar. I can only remember like the past like three years where I've had it again. But I remember having it and then a long period of not having it and then having it again. And I don't know how old it is. I don't know how old the strings are, but they're definitely you know, getting a bit old. So it was just the, what happened was I was just tuning it down to um, drop D for any other people. That's just 
any other music heads know that that's mainly the metal uh, tuning. Um, I was just tuning it down, and they was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I was like, I, I literally looked at it, and I was like, "It had to happen at some point. Yeah. It had to happen. The strings had to go at some point. They had to. Oh, well, I had to give least... up after the torture of, me, at... of what I put it through. Yeah, at, at least guitar strings aren't that costly, though." Like, nah, it's like I literally went to the rock shop and I was like, oh yeah, 25 bucks. Yeah, now. Hell yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like it, was... it isn't it isn't that much. Like a lot of people worry when they break strings, it's just you've got to wire them back up for yourself. No, you're not buying a whole fucking guitar. No. <laughs> it's like you're yeah, only buying yeah. the strings. Yeah. And, and that, that's break. something that a lot of people don't realize about musical instruments is that a lot of your music shops have replacement parts for it. They will tell you how to replace yeah. them too. Like, <laughs> it's not yeah. the end of the world. Or you could bring in your musical instrument if you can carry it. Um, <laughs> and they they can show you what to do in case it happens again to you. So, you know, it's it's generally pretty good there. Yeah. And I mean, Venom, Venom goes to the rock shop quite often. <laughs> Online, yes, a lot, a lot. Yes. Like, not IRL since, you know, COVID shit. I don't want to deal with it yeah. anymore. I mean, I, I've just gotten used to that life now. I think it's going to be weird once COVID's gone. We don't have to use these scanners or anything. I guess so, but it's going to be a lot better. It, it will be like. a lot better. It'll be a lot more convenient anyway. It's kind of yeah. like those, uh, uh, I'm going to break off into a little bit of a tangent, but it's kind of like going into convenience of like those Amazon shops. Yeah. You can just walk in and it'll detect what account you're using, blah, blah, blah. It'll know what you pick up and then you can just walk back out without even needing to open up your phone. Hmm. Like I, I remember those back on YouTube quite uh, quite a while ago. I don't know if they're still around. I bet you they are. Probably. But yeah, no. Um. So for everyone that's out there, what music instruments do you play? Like, what what type of int- instruments do you like playing? Do you wish to get all this sort of stuff? Uh, so I guess I don't know. I'll do like a small summarized history of music for me um as a kid i was very uh into the drums um mainly because i had a drum beat stuck in my head for years and years and years and years and i had little when i was little i had like a little toy um drum kit that my mum um bought me and she said that I completely broke it within an hour of playing it, <laughs> which was fucking hilarious to think. And then um, I guess years and years goes by. So I'd say intermediate. It was definitely intermediate. Like year six was my mum's birthday and mm. I was helping... Uh, the band that was um, going to be playing um, 
you know, carrying all the equipment because I was there earlier with mum to sort out the cake and shit like that at the at the hub. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just helped them and, you know, I think nothing of it. And I go and sit on the couch for like a little while and just, you know, just vibing with one of my friends. And then mum literally comes up to me and just like, hey, Josh, come, come with me. Just, just come here. So I was like, oh, okay, what the fuck is happening? So I walk all the way up to next to the drum kit and I meet the guy, Grant. He's like, hey, just, you know, hop on the seat and just do whatever you feel like. And he kind of went off to the side to talk to mum. So I just did my thing. I did the beat that was stuck in my head for decades. And he saw that and he goes, no, put put your left hand there, put your right hand there, do the exact same thing. And I did it, and I just did mm-hmm. it, and it was just the um, the classic, um, you know, just one, two, three, four, simple beat, and I was just drumming away, and mum and them are talking, and then out of the blue, he offers me fucking drum lessons. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa. That's fucking sick. Because he said, he literally told me like then and there, he's like, you have a gift. Like mm. you were, you were born to play the drums. And like, I, I do all the lessons for like a year, maybe two years. I can't remember. It's It's been too long that I can fucking yeah. remember anymore. And... Yeah, just kind of naturally developed being a drummer, now being where I am today after playing a few, being in a few bands, doing a few performances, mostly for school, some for um, birthdays, like my mum's again, and, you know, all that other stuff. And I always loved being a drummer. I fucking love drumming my fucking mm-hmm. ass off because that's my way of um communicating to yeah. people that's 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 where i can really put my emotions out without having to say a word yeah and then kind of rolls around it was probably i was probably like 17 and i've had this um acoustic guitar for a little while and I've learned a few songs on it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm getting pretty fast at learning all these songs. And then roll around, you know, my 18th birthday, and the day before, I was like, hey, Mom, can I get, like, an electric guitar for my birthday? She's like, yeah, just find some some guitar that's yeah hey josh can i get an electric guitar for my 21st no uh... (laughs) (laughs) that means i'd have to buy the amp too and the cable too and all of this other bullshit that you need and so i just get you know 500 dollar les paul because i really fell in love with those guitars like on my Acoustic guitars are Les Paul, but in a different brand. It's not quite Gibson yet. And I I just started um, learning more and more because I was like, now I've actually, 
now I've got an actual electric guitar and I can actually do stuff. But I wasn't content with it because I'd be playing cleanly. And I was just like, well, why did I buy a guitar when I've got an acoustic guitar? Because it sounds, you know, it sounds better acoustically. It doesn't really, (laughs) like, compared clean, like, I prefer my acoustic. So I was like, I know what I need to do. I need to get a distortion pedal. I need that now. And I got that, and I was like, fuck yes, this is this is great. This is awesome. So, like, I plug it into the amp we already have here. It's like a little um, Marshall, one of those, like, um, solo um, one-man bands, mm-hmm. things where it's just, like, it's a guitar and a mic um, outlet as well and with all that other shit. And yeah. I plug it in, and... I turn the pedal on and I hear, and I'm like, yes, yes. Say, <laughs> so, I think over at my mum's place we have one of those reverb uh, speakers. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's that's like the one that I would pick up if I ever got like a musical instrument that I wanted to use, because then I can just turn up the reverb on the speaker and then you can hear the spring reverb on it, and it's just oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. so good so if i wanted to play piano with a bit of spring reverb i could just be like oh yep <laughs> Turn cool. that up, crank that up hell yeah now with with a lot of you guys i broke my arm when i was young so it's permanently twisted so whenever i play a guitar it's more vertical than what it is horizontal <laughs> <laughs> So I'm basically playing it like this in front of my face. You guys can't see it, but I'm just showing Venom here. Um, but it's like I I hold it up quite vertically or I put it down on my lap horizontal as fuck and play it like it's a piano. You yeah. know, it's, it's just one of those things of like I don't have that right angle to be able to play it, but I can still play it. Like there's mm. there's been a few times where I've jammed out on your guitars, and you've mm-hmm. been able to notice that I have it quite vertical when I play, just because that's how it's comfy for me. Yeah, and especially like, cause I got a strap with it as well, cause I was like, oh, no, I better get a strap, cause you know I'll probably like end up playing standing up at some point, and I've been like fine tuning like exactly where I want it because I feel like low where like all the heavy metal guitarists have it. It's like right right at their hips and they're just like playing that and I played that and I was like, nah, this isn't this isn't good because like my um my hand would like start rubbing against the neck and that would get yeah. super annoying so i was like i need to get it higher enough and, so. and did you try it like super high like a classical uh guitarist no no because i felt like i'd be way too i'd be i'd be that, way too much probably, like the beatles that i just that's <laughs> probably where i would have it if i if i had a strap on it's like high enough like it's a classical guitar and then i'm playing it like this <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the only yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is yeah. one of those things of like if every guitarist has a different way of playing the guitar, of holding a guitar, of strapping it on, whether they even want to strap it on. Some people surprisingly mm. just like freeform it, 
Like yeah. I, I've seen a couple of guitarists where they just decide not to wear a strap, but they'll still stand up playing it. They have it like in okay. some weird fucking spot on their body where they can just <laughs> hold it. <laughs> or they or they have like a body uh body strap instead of mm. having just a normal strap. No, I personally um like it better just like resting on like my thigh or something like sitting down like super campfire shit because it's more comfortable yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, so, have you ever played any other? instruments that you thought that you might be into uh i had a piano for a little while because at school my school teacher was like hey you're a drummer you don't really know music theory a lot because like you're failing class and shit like that because i was just like i'm a drummer man i don't need to learn (laughs) all of this stupid bs fucking melodic I don't want to know the notes. I just want to know what they sound like. Mm-hmm. And he gave me like a pretty shitty fucking piano. It's in like one of my videos on YouTube where I played Megalovania on it yeah. <laughs> for a little bit because I wanted to learn it. And I guess playing that, I was like, uh, I mean, I, I can kind of see if I kept going. I feel like maybe I would have played it more, but it's probably better if I didn't. I feel yeah. like drums and guitars, like the kind of thing where I'm at. Like that's where I'm at right now because I fucking like I said, I love drums. I've been playing for eleven years now, almost twelve, which is fucking crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, and I've been playing the guitar since like my eighteenth birthday, since I got an electric guitar and. You know, now I've got it's now the guitar's got its own amp, and it's um I finally uh tuned it um correctly a distortion pedal to exactly how I want it and exactly how I wanted it because playing through that little Marshall amp it, it sounded super super buzzy. It was just yeah, it wasn't like the distortion wasn't clean if you can get that like. And then once I plugged it into the um, the the Boss Katana, I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds yeah. a lot better." And then dialing it in, I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is nice." Because it has the option, it has a little um, thing, little port that you can actually like plug your headphones in, and then it mutes the sound from the amp, so it's like I can play it any time at any day. whereas with with drums you know i can only play at a certain time and i've just been turning it in there and i found out you can like it has an auxiliary cord in it so i was like fuck yeah i'll put some i plug my phone in play some songs i played um played quite a few songs i played like drive incubus like a bit of bit of everything like i hate Everything about you, 3D's Grace. And then it came to the last song, um, Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. Killing in the Name of. And it just sounded perfect. Perfect. And I was just there, like. I was just fully jamming out. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So my interest in music is quite different to yours. As you may have yeah. already guessed. Yeah. So yeah. 
I quite like my electronic music. Um, yes. Uh, a lot of people may not know that because I am a fucking metalhead at the end of the day. But I love performing electronic music and a musical instrument that I would absolutely love to get, but it's expensive as all hell, is a modular synthesizer. Mm. Mm. I don't know if many of you guys know what it is, but basically it creates a tone. And from that tone, you can make it sound a lot different or give it a lot of different aspects to it where you could have it fully randomized and depending on what you want to do is what modules you get so say with uh the synth wave stuff like the general synth wave that is like its own thing you can buy an entire synth that's just synth wave based um but I would like to have a whole modular setup so then I can add on different things to Synthwave to make it different and to yeah. experiment with how far I can take it. And with synths as well, it's like you can make music or you can make a whole bunch of noise. Like it's either or and it's all trial and error, which is why I want to have it so then I can just plug in cables and take <laughs> out cables and be like, yeah, I'm a mad yeah, scientist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mad scientist of music. Um, and then there was one thing. I, I love Rob Scallon. I don't know if you've oh, watched yeah, him. Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. They, uh, he went over it with uh, one of his mates, one of his YouTube mates, and... He was show he was showing Rob Scallon this whole setup that he has, like it's well worth over fucking twenty k worth of modular synthesizers. It's more yeah. expensive than his car that was outside, and it's like the only part in it which was not electronic was the reverb. It was the spring reverb that he hooked up to the synthesizer. Wow. Oh. Like reverb is so nice, and only only recently have I really gotten into reverb. Mm. Like for me, for me, for a long time, it was all about the bass. It was it was all about the bass. You couldn't you couldn't go anywhere without the bass. It's all and the bass, the bass, no treble. The, the bass is pretty cool, and I wanted to find something new about music that I didn't know, and that's reverb and. Now that I have learnt as much as I have about reverb, now I can understand why my speaker sounded like it did. And yeah. why when I turned up the reverb on it, sometimes my guitar just sounded like a piece of shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would also love to get a keyboard. I like not not a computer keyboard, a, a proper piano keyboard. Yeah, uh, electronic keyboard where I can sit here and like do all my little sounds just using that instead of using my my computer keyboard to do that because I can use my computer keyboard but it's like it doesn't feel that yeah that good yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's like it's like I'm not gonna actually be playing any beats off of 
my computer keyboard as I would on a keyboard keyboard. Yeah. And and that's like the biggest thing there too. As well as like of course I'd I'd want a synth synthesizer keyboard where I can change the keys into like a drum or a guitar or stuff like yeah, that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um because I like the variety and like as small of a compact thing that I can get. I mean that that just is how it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um though there there will be that one stage where I actually move into a place and I'll be like, yeah, I actually have the room for all this stuff now. Like yeah. sign me up. Um so you know, I have a whole different side of music to what Josh does here, Venom does. Um yeah. and what I have been doing is I've been using a trial on Ableton. Ableton is probably my most favorite thing to use out of anything because then I can take samples and which is like pre-recorded things that I can use in my own songs and then change it into being my own song. Yep. Um and I I have created a couple couple songs which I will sit there and just like chill out to and like party to, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I I put them out on SoundCloud as much as I can. I am getting near the I think I've just reached 20% of my limit of what I can upload on SoundCloud and that's only like 9 tracks, 10 tracks. Yeah. Yikes. But with, with all of this said and done, like, I I hoped when I was younger that I would be able to play metal. But that isn't where I think my passion would be if I was yeah. for a long time. For me, it's more so, like, experimental stuff, like... Trying to trying to make something new out of what's already been made, kind of like a uh, little Nas X Country Road, you know, it was the first kind of like electronic. Oh, it was kind of like the first dance country that came out, mm. and then it was so far away from country, but it was still country that the actual country sites took it down from their top charts. Because they didn't class it as country, and then there was like this whole big thing about it. And like, to be fair, I like the song. I thought it was quite annoying back when I was working in the factory because it was played like twenty four seven because it was like hot <laughs> song at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, True. but yeah, I mean, it it is a good song, and I think a lot of people also need to realize too is like a lot of time goes behind these songs it's not it's not just a one and done thing like mine <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like they take they they take time and with uh my contract at the moment like i'm i'm starting to realize like how much time it actually takes to produce a track like it could be a one and done thing but realistically you're gonna have to record and record and record and then they're going to have to tune it up and mix it together and do all these different things that it, it will take, like, a couple months to bring out an EP. It could take mm. 
a couple months just to bring out one track. Like, you know, it, it's not it's not a one and done thing at the end of the day because you want to make it sound so good that you don't want to touch it again. Yeah. And yeah. uh one of my mates, Toby Kai, she has just released her album after three years. And she has gotten past the top thirty dance charts in the UK. Easy. Oh. First week. Nice. Um so good work to you, Toby Kai. Uh just wanted you to know that <laughs> because I know, I know you'd be listening to this um but no it's it's one of these things of like music is such a great place and you can always learn yep. something new out of it even if you think that you know everything you will still find something new and you know yep. surprisingly out of everything that i love to mess around with and listen to with music i want to learn how to play the saxophone <laughs> it's so out of the ballpark but i love the sound of a saxophone and i'd yeah. love to sit there and play like some sexy ass music <laughs> just randomly <laughs> May, maybe rick roll someone i don't know but <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, what's um, up, guys? This week for Throne. Today we're going to be Rick rolling with a saxophone in public. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to be Rick rolling throughout town. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know that I'd probably do a stream of like nothing but the Rick roll for <laughs> two hours. Nothing but Rick roll. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's so out of left field, but though that music, that instrument is like one that I've always wanted to play, but never mm. had the opportunity to, like, I want to try it before I buy it. But then at the same time, it's like, if I try it, I kind of have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you play in a sax, like your your spit your germs are all gonna be inside it's not gonna be clean at all once you're done playing around with it even if you think that you've cleaned it out to your best content you probably still haven't yeah yeah um but yeah no that like it's it's music man music <laughs> it's music man come on man it's just music man. but yeah what Another thing that I wanted to go over during the podcast too that I said to Venom just before we started was mm. that I wanted to talk over horror. Horror. Because I know that a lot of people on YouTube have started getting into analog horror, which I found kind of weird because I've been into analog horror for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone's been talking about the Mandela, uh, Mandela catalog. I don't know if you've heard about it, but nah. uh, oh, I've heard I've heard about it like a while ago. Yeah. yeah, well, the the Mandela catalog is basically strictly analog horror, and it even turned a little uh, Christian 
thing into a horror, like a Christian cartoon into a horror, and I was just like, how? How? <laughs> and then I watched it over what? again, and I'm like, that's a, that's some good stuff, like, good work. Because it, like, in the middle of the episode, it had, like, random knocking of a door, and then you're just like, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's there? And then Who's you look, there? and then you look back at the screen. Then something just fucking out the blue for the episode comes up, and it's <laughs> like missing since blah blah blah. And then it's like, what? what? <laughs> How long did I look away for? And and you know, I love my horror. I do, yeah. and stuff like analog horror reminds me of paranormal activity those movies i if you want to scare me at any point give me a home recording that has been based on horror yeah yeah. and i will shit my pants (laughs) (laughs) with with horror it's one of those things of it will always scare me yeah, 100%. But there are some horrors which are just really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that Bird Box was an amazing movie. A lot of people mm. hated it. The reason for that is is that they were trying to do some Cthulhu, like, uh, what what's his name? Uh, Lovecraftian type stuff. Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, and they they basically put like this is based off of the book of Bird Box, and we, as the creators of the movie, had to try and make a monster that was some sort of visual representation of you know a weird word like infinity. Imagine trying to create a monster based on infinity or something based on infinity. And and it's like, how do you do that? Where's the start? Where's the end? There is no start. There is no end. Like, are you just going to put the monster in a loop? But that's been done heaps of times, and that's kind of like the cycle of life type thing like how you're actually going to represent infinity as an object yeah it's one of those things that you can't as long as you're not being lazy about it it can really mess with your mind yeah because that that was the one where it was like everyone's blindfolded because it's like as soon as you see it they die so that kind of yeah. makes sense like oh how do we do that oh we just make it invisible <laughs> no they uh, actually had a monster recorded for the movie but then they didn't want to show the recordings of the monster because they thought that it wasn't a good representation of infinity uh... It's kind of like trying to represent um, the afterlife as as an object in Bird Box. And as many of the people said in the movie, like, 
is that my grandfather? Is that my loved one? Because that's their representation of afterlife, is that that's where their family went, or their loved ones went, was to the afterlife. Yeah. And... So then their representation of the monster was a lot different than some of the other people's representation of a monster. And this is where it kind of digs in deep too, to the point where you can turn around and be like, well, it's not so crazy that the crazies aren't getting killed by the monster. Instead, they're teaming up with it, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Or they're not so bothered by it and they're just amazed in beauty by the monster. And it's it's one of those things of, like, you can, you can really understand it after you've um, looked into it a little bit deeper. Yeah. And then that's what makes it scary. Mm. You know? Because Cthulhu... A fucking weird ass creature <laughs> but all these lovecraftian creatures basically go off the same thing they're trying to represent an object of something that shouldn't be able to be comprehended you know yeah and that's where horror movies scare me the most is with the unknown and yeah. and with um shit that'll mess with your mind. And that's why I love analog horror, I love paranormal activity, I love the Blair Witch project. Oof. And yes. uh, it's it's just super good. And with the Blair Witch project, supposedly when the Blair Witch project first came out. The actors were hired to go in hiding for one year. So then it actually felt like it was real. Wow. You know, so imagine that you you go out of the cinema or or you go off uh because a, a lot of these movies you can't tell your family what you're working on. And yeah. if you say that you've been hired to do something and then all of a sudden you have, oh, they disappeared such and such hours ago. Like, imagine how freaked out you'd be. Imagine trying to go back to your family after being hired for a job like that. <laughs> yeah. And being like, I I'm sorry, but, you know. I think with the Blair Witch Project, it was more so one of those things of they took those people that were in it and turned around, asked if any of their relatives were still alive or anything like that. Like, that would be the only sensible thing to do, is ask the actors if they still have living relatives or anything like that before they asked them to in a sense go missing yeah um but then like the the police were informed that they were pulling the stunt they were recommended not to 
but it, it, it was what it was. Like they they did it anyway because it sold the movie. It got it out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Because my my favorite um, horror movie franchise or franchise franchises is kind of the classics of like Freddy, Jason, and Michael, and also a lot of Saw. Like mm-hmm. Saw was that I love Saw movie that was just like this is this this is like a sick fucking horror movie. This is like. But you would hate to love it. Be in it, yeah, because it's like, you know if you're in Jigsaw's puzzle, it's like, fuck, you're going to have to do something. Like, you're going to be in a lot of pain or you die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you you have to endure self-pain or you just fucking end up dying. Yeah. Crazy. The whole and, live and or die, make some, your choice. Some of is, those tasks, too, you're put up against another... Another, Another person that's been that's... kept in there, and then you have to like, for for an example, I'm not too sure if it's been done in the Saw movies, but I know it was done in a video game that I played on the PS4. I uh, can't remember what name it what name it is, but basically it had two people with the saw in the middle, and then they had one person make the choice of who lives and who's who dies. Otherwise, they both die. Huh. Yeah. So it's either you keep this person alive or you keep this person alive. And you realize at the end of the game that there was a psycho murderer in between your group. And it's oh, like, yeah. oh my god, he was like the most lovable character ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it's just it's just something about Saw that just makes it Really, really good. I guess it's it's kind of the puzzle esque um, escape room kind of aspect to it, and it's like yeah. he's he's not doing it to kill people. He's doing it to rehabilitate in a way that's going to make them understand. Because every every one that's in one of his traps has done some shit. Yeah. Like they deserve to be there. Like there's yeah. no innocent people there. No, no, not at all. And it's there because the whole story between Jigsaw and the Saw franchise is that um, Jigsaw, his name, real name John Kramer, was diagnosed with cancer way too too late, and that yeah. was because some guy switched his cancer results with someone else's who was completely fine. And um, then John eventually gets into a car accident where there's a big shard of glass. It's like just gone straight through his, um, his chest and he's like getting out and he's like, fuck. So he literally just pulls it out. And it's at that moment he realizes how much, pain the body can take and still live Mm -hmm. and that's what he takes um into it and it's not really it's not it's not really there for like the gore i'm not there for the gore it's not supposed to be i'm there for the gore yeah (laughs) 
but I, I know what you're meaning. Like it's, it's like the, the feeling that he's gone through already is what he thinks will help everyone else. Yeah. And there's some that, um, some one saw movie, I believe where it was, um, one of his followers that was like my favorite ones. He designed a few traps that were meant to just straight up kill them no matter what they did mm-hmm. because he hated them. And um, he got an argument with um, John about that because he's not about just killing people in cold blood. He's yeah. there to teach them a lesson. Um, yeah, just like the whole. Um, the whole like the latest the second latest i'm not going to talk, talk too much about um uh the spiral the book the book yeah. of saw the spiral but um jigsaw the actual movie jigsaw is actually the first movie yeah out of all of them and that's 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 really cool to like see and to realize like saw one where like oh yeah this guy john kramer he works by himself he's like he's He's just doing that by himself, but then Jigsaw comes around and it's like, fuck, he like he had someone else working yeah. with him. Like what we thought was the first Jigsaw wasn't. Like yeah. obviously John Kramer was Jigsaw the entire time, but more of his his followers and assistants were like okay he's the first she's the second you know all that and then jigsaw comes around and fucks all of that up and we're like holy shit yeah like he and at the very beginning like his first trap essentially goes wrong because i don't i don't have you seen yeah i've I've seen jigsaw like it goes it goes wrong and then like he ends up helping him and he's the guy who switched his um, uh, medical things around, but he decides to forgive him and make him his um, predecessors, like his, the next jigsaw. And that just kind of goes throughout even all the other saws. It's just like, who's playing who, like who's a part of it and who's not like, that whole like secrecy in it it's just it's perfect it's fucking good <laughs> yeah say so, there was another movie which i i really really loved i think it was uh splice i'm i'm pretty sure it was splice let me let me search it up real quick because because i'm pretty curious uh splice uh, no, not the music thing. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Splice. Nice. It's of a creature that was made from every single organism. Wow. On Earth. Damn. And it looks like a demon by the end of the movie. It <laughs> is nuts. It's yeah. such a low-rated movie, but I really, really love it. Like, it's one of those movies 
where I will find enjoyment out of it no matter what. And then there's some horror movies where it's just completely stupid, like having a vagina with teeth that when every time you have sex, it bites off someone's dick. Like it's just <laughs> funny. It's just comedy. That, that's just really funny. And then you see everyone freak out. And Sounds then, like a scary movie. <laughs> Something yeah. that's scary movies, it's a whole other thing. It's like supposed to be comedy. But then they have to put the horror uh, horror label on it because they're basing it off other movies. Um, But one other thing that I love is Final Destination movies. They they freak the fuck out of me. Final Final Destination. Oh wait, no, we don't. Shit. Oh no, everything's happening again. Yeah, everyone's dying. You broke the loop. Well, God is now here to kill every single one of you. Now death is here for you. He's death chasing after each each and every one of you in the exact every order. Single second. But the one thing about the Final Destination movies is, which I wonder, is if they didn't die and death is coming after them one after the other, does that mean that everyone else on Earth doesn't die because death has to catch up. What? <laughs> Wait, what? One because, more time. I because, gotta figure out this riddle. <laughs> because they they broke the loop by saying into the future, and they're yes. getting killed off one by one. Right, just because they broke the loop, and because it's they broke the loop, but because they're still alive, does that mean that everyone else on earth that was supposed to die has to wait until death is done killing them first? See what you mean? I don't know. Is death one person? Is death one entity? It, it seems say? like it in the Final Destination movies. You never know, there could be Arabian death. I mean, the Final Destination movies would have been over within 10 minutes if they just <laughs> killed everyone. Well, that doesn't make a good movie then. Exactly, but then it, it brings in this whole other thing that I just brought up, and it's like, <laughs> what's real, what's not? What's <laughs> not? Um... But you know, it's it's a whole it's a whole big loop, and it it's pretty crazy. And I just love the gore aspect of it. Like there was one guy, uh, I think in Final Destination Three, where he just gets sucked down a fucking pipe in a pool, and then the bones <laughs> are left in the pool, and everything else goes through the water treatment. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and then there was another another person that died because of a pebble getting thrown by a lawnmower across into their house and it goes through their head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so many creative ways. I know. It's, it's so cool to see it because you can actually see that there's like a whole bunch of creativity going on there too. Mm. You know? But yeah, no, I I quite like horror movies. I I don't watch them too often, but when I watch them, I like watching them. 
Uh, yeah, true. Because at the end of the day, I'm a little bitch when it comes to horror movies, and yep. I'll sit, I'll sit through one, then I'll be like, okay, I want to watch Puppies and Kittens now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a balance. Gotta have a bit of an equilibrium. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and today I've been watching a show on Netflix called Deadly Class. It's not necessarily a horror, but it's all about a whole class of teenagers killing people because that's what the school is teaching them. I mean... I'm not going to go too into depth because it is a new series and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Mm, But I I think it's been really, really cool and really, really worth my time watching it. Is there any other movies that you can think of that kind of fit in our conversation? I don't know. The only other movies that... I have watched the first one that I watched, which completely fucking traumatized me, was um, The Conjuring at fucking year nine. Um, Bro, I love Francis the Douglas, And we were all in the year nine common room watching this fucking one movie. Everyone's fucking absolutely glued to their seat and their eyes are absolutely glued to the thing. And I'm... I used to be everyone's watching that. I'm playing on my phone playing Worms because I don't want to fucking watch because I know what will happen. And looking back on it, it's it was funny. It was really, really funny. But being in the moment, it was scary. The only reason why it was funny is because everyone was fucking with each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember someone, like, everyone was kind of, like, lying down most. And so the guy, one of the kids at the back, literally reached over and grabbed someone's foot and then sent off like a chain reaction. <laughs> it was like, ah! And everyone was fucking screaming. It was, it was so funny. But the, the funny story was after, after the movie ended, everyone was fucking absolutely traumatized. Everyone didn't really want to go to sleep. I tried to go to sleep for as hard as i can i went to sleep and woke up at six and that was it i couldn't go to sleep anymore and one of the one of the kids that was um opposite me he was way too scared to go to the bathroom and get a drink so Mm -hmm. in the pitch black darkness he goes over to my my little um kind of cubicle because at year nine there's no doors there's just like little sections um and i think he like feels around for a water bottle so he grabs this thing and he thinks a water bottle pops the top and then like starts drinking it a little bit and he's like oh it's a little salty so he put it back and then then the next day everyone's like oh um ethan like feels sick like he's got like a little bit of a tummy ache, and I was like, what, what did you drink? And he said, well, I was too scared to go to the bathroom, so I came over and grabbed um, something that was right there because I, mo- I moved it over so I can um, do it and grab it and drunk. And I was like, you drunk my eye solution? 
<laughs> what? He drunk my eye solution. Then I'd have to clean my contacts. And he was like, it was a bit salty. And I was like, yeah, because it's eye solution. <laughs> You're not supposed to be drinking that. No. Oh, oh my god. That was that was crazy. That was a crazy year. Crazy, crazy, crazy year. Say, so I... Before I left Dunedin, for all of you guys that don't know, I used to live in Dunedin, New Zealand. Um... And before I left Dunedin, I took one of my close friends there to the movies for her 21st. And we watched The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Oof. And I was so in for it. And she, by the end of the movie, she was like, holding on to me like, oh no, <laughs> like, I don't like it. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, let's go! Let's go! <laughs> Come on, kill him, kill him! <laughs> and and yeah, no, it was it was an awesome movie, and we both really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, yeah, she got scared, but at the end of the day, she really, really enjoyed it, and she just enjoyed spending the time with me because even down there, I didn't have enough time to actually spend with a lot of people, and I didn't have a fortune to go and see everyone. So, you know, it is what it is. And it was pretty fun. Like down down there, I had like a massive friend friend group that I'd always go and play pool with every week and just do yeah. do that because why not? Um, we'd always go for the pool tournaments and then we'd drink and we'd have fun every week and then we'd go back to my place and drink some more and party there. It was my place was a party house. <laughs> um, yeah. But other than hosting those parties, like I didn't have a lot of time on my hands because I was caught up with doing schoolwork or I was caught up with doing uh, just other things. Like I, I had a love life too down there. So like I had to worry about my girlfriend at the time. So it's, mm. it's all about that. But no, that was like a great memory to remember just before I left Dunedin and came back home. So, yeah, uh, it was cool. It was cool. Um, now, going into horror games, games, yay. The biggest one that I think all of us can agree on, which is the biggest and most scariest game of them all, is Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Resident again, e again, like Saw for me. <laughs> again, kind of like Saw. Like, it's a very, very scary game, but very, very much like... <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Um... With Resident Evil 7, I have played it all the way through before I decided to stream it. And then when yeah. I was streaming it, I never finished it because I decided to play it in the dark. <laughs> Bad move. Bad move, yeah. Um, And then when I was, again, down Dunedin, I had another check that I was into before I left. And I, whenever she came over to my place, I'd always boot up Outlast 2. Mm. And then yeah, I was going to say, that. like, the next famous one is Outlast. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know what's crazy about Outlast as well is that it started off as an indie game. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking mental. And now that they've brought out the original Outlast with its DLC whistleblower, they've been able to make like a massive, massive game, which was Outlast 2. And that was not classed as an indie game anymore, but like a proper indie game. Uh, not indie game, fuck. Shit. Ah. Alright. Uh, like a, a proper triple a title game AAA, because oh, yeah. because everyone kind of really really loved outlast when it came out yeah. so uh, you know if you're an indie studio and you're going into everything like you're just a couple dudes doing what you're doing um and you somehow get as successful as like outlast or um i'll talk about that other game that i was about to say <laughs> later on um but no i mean our last is a great game i really enjoyed it it scared the fuck out of me as well um yeah and the biggest thing with horror games too is that you are in that seat that you normally watch on the screen yeah you, you are you, that person you are the main character or the main characters. Yeah. You're pretty much the the movie. The game. Yeah. Um so while I try and find this game, uh why don't you talk about some of your favorite horror games? Well the thing is, I didn't play a lot of horror games just because I really weren't interested in them too much because no one likes horror games. No one likes playing them, I should say. No one really likes to... Um... I mean, there there are people that love playing them and then there's people oh, yeah, that enjoy just... watching them, just like any other game. Yeah, it's just like any other, I don't know, it's just like any other horror movie for me. It's just like I don't really like to watch that one because I don't want to be scared. But, like, I've only really played one horror game and maybe two if you fucking count The Last of Us, kind of, Mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, The Last of Us 2, which I still haven't fucking played through yet. And then, obviously, the one that we played was fucking Spooky Jumpscare Mansion. Uh, and that was the, yeah. the first, basically the first horror game that I ever played, and that was about it <laughs> after that game. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just say that Spooky's Jumpscare Mansion was a fucking fantastic game to play it's, through. It's an absolute art piece of a game. It, it's so good, and it's like, it takes you into perspective of, like, SCP region of yeah. horror. And that that's another thing that I want to talk about, is, like, SCP, such a good thing. It's yeah. like, it's like, uh... What what was it called? Like, uh, what's the online name for shit that's been created online? Horror shit. 
don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, someone's going to be super mad about me not knowing. Creepy pastors. There we go. Creepy pastors. Creepy pastors. It's such a good collection of creepy pastors that, like, I could go in there and have a look at any of the files that they have for SCPs and I'll just be blown away. <laughs> yeah. Of like how freaky it would feel to have that in real life. And it's set up in like a proper file setup to the point of there are things that are actually redacted on the file. Mm. mm. Cause I remember <laughs> like you you were like streaming like a whole a couple of SCP stories and I was like fully glued like i couldn't stop listening because it was yeah, so I, like super interesting like i, I had the scp stuff playing while i was doing my own like artwork i think it was at the time yeah yeah that was that was that was some good fucking fucking stories like i already knew about um one that i don't think was an sm SCP until a little while ago, or I think when you maybe brought up the story of like the um the doctor with like a crow mask on. Ah uh, like yes, the plague doctor. The plague doctor. I already doctor. knew. I already knew about um him because of um one of the one of the YouTube channels that I watch that does a bit of um HP Lovecraft stuff. Mm-hmm. And that kind of ties in with the whole um, Arkham Sanitarium stuff that he's a doctor that works there and all that other yeah. shit. And it's really, really cool. I, I, I think, really like that. I, I think that uh, SCP does a really good job. Yeah. It's like a community-based thing as well of creepypastas. Yeah, yeah. And they they always have things that are going around too of like, if you want to have your own creepypasta turned into an SCP, here's a competition for it. Like, write your best creepypasta and we'll pick out the lot. If we really, really like it, we'll choose it anyway and add it, add it in. Because mm. I remember um, intermediate days, I was friends with a certain person that I can't remember the name of and we were both really into that like um mm-hmm. uh slender man um I hate Jack the Ripper you know all those um other types of things and there was Okay so the one game that people never find me playing is Slender Man. Yeah never I ever it. because because it's my worst fears all in one. Really? Yeah, the Slender Man oh, looks no. looks like a doll with no face. It's out in the woods in the dark. You only have a flashlight, and you're trying to collect shit and run away from him. Yeah, like well, I guess, actually, no, yeah, that's like one of the first horror horror games that I played. I really enjoyed Slender Man. It's a classic. It's a real classic now. Like it, it's it's a classic game, yes, but I fucking hate it. No one will catch me playing it because I will not <laughs> download it. Yeah. I, I will like happily watch it. I will happily watch it. 
but I will not play it. Yeah, yeah. And the latest, the latest one for me was um, Siren Head. And the, this crazy thing happened when I was at work. Um, I was just working away and I heard that siren. I heard it like literally being played and I, I like stopped. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Say- and I, I wanted to like, I had, I, I tried to research like what, that siren is off, whether it's based on something, and I couldn't find anything. I I can tell you right now what it's based off of, but keep on explaining. <laughs> well, that's 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 it. Like I I, I try. So basically, you know, nothing. you know, our fire alarms that go off by the fire yeah. station. Whenever they break, is that like they, an air raid. Air raid. Uh, it, it's like an air raid. Yeah, like an air raid siren. That's that's especially what I'm talking about here. If you guys don't have that sort of siren, I don't know what to say to you. Um, True, but what, when they break, that is the noise that they make. Is the siren head noise? So it goes. <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of envision it now, can't you? I'm going to be scared of every fire alarm that comes (laughs) along. (laughs) I'm just going to hear it. Because every time a fire alarm breaks from a fire station, that is generally the sound that it makes because there's like a fin or two in the alarm that has broken. Yeah. Uh, That makes sense. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um but it's like really good capture of sound with the siren head stuff you know i i think that when siren head came out i was super hyped for like a video game style yeah yeah there's only been um there's only ever been fan-made games of it there has not yeah, been a genuine like a Siren Head game. Or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then I think that Siren Head alone is not good enough for its own standalone game. Yeah. I think it would be a cool creature to come across every now and again, but realistically, it won't hurt you. Wouldn't even be able to see you. Yeah. If it steps on you, then tough shit, you're gone. But other than that, it's like hitting down buildings and shit like that. It's it's not going to hurt you. Welcome to Creepy Pasta Park. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I would love to create a fully-fledged SCP game. Yeah, true. That is my, like absolute want of a game but I don't think that I would be able to work on it to the extent that I'd want to because I I would get too scared working on it there would be the point of oh it's fun and then all of a sudden when the game starts coming together it'll be like fuck I don't want to work on it anymore it's actually starting to become fucking creepy as shit 
Yeah. But yeah, another game that I wanted to talk about earlier was Phasmophobia. Oh, yeah. Phasmophobia has been kicking off lately, and it's only an indie game. It was on, It was originally only made by one person. Wow. Yeah. And since its release, he's been able to hire two new people. But that, that's still only three people working on Phasmophobia. Yeah, and I mean, they got fucking... They've had VR. Yeah, exactly. They had VR. VR phasmophobia, fucking hell. I mean, to be fair, the VR version apparently is super broken. But, again, they'll fix it in time. And once they do, it'll be great. But there are a lot of Twitch streamers and YouTubers that are focused solely on phasmophobia now. Like, I follow one person that I think you've been a part of a raid for one time. Where I went over and raided Thorla. Yeah. Um, he he has gone into playing Phasmophobia just every day for fuck fuck knows how long. <laughs> but yeah. when I when I had a look at his stream last night before I head to bed, he was on like his seventeen hundredth run. <laughs> Okay, now like one thousand seven hundred different rooms just by himself, or different houses by himself. Fuck! And it's like, whoa, ah, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that's like a classic sign of an indie game just going super, super well. Yeah. Like super well, and not all indie games get that treatment. There are a lot of people that are like indie games alive, and there are a lot of people that go triple A games alive. But once they start crossing over, you get a whole bunch of people that are like, "No, this is a triple A title game," and then everyone else is like, "No, it's actually an indie game." Like, settle your tits, <laughs> and. <laughs> And uh, that's when people actually start understanding that indie games aren't just shitty games. They're just from people that don't have a high enough budget for AAA title games. Yeah. Um, And then there is one last game which I have really, really liked lately that I can also go over in the horror segment. Which is Vampire Survivors. It's three dollars and sixty nine cents on uh, Steam. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's great, but I I can tell you that it's starting to pop off all over Twitch. Almost every streamer that I go to knows knows what uh, Vampire Survivors is, has it, or is playing it. And all it is is an arcade style, like old eighties style, yeah, um, nice. killing everything. That's all it is. And I, I have really enjoyed it because I like my old arcade games. I used to play arcade oh. games a lot. <laughs> I even, 
I like the newer style arcade games. I like the old style arcade games. I like arcade games from back in the day on my PlayStation. Like, you can't go wrong with them. Yeah. But they do get tiring if you don't uh, dedicate your time to it, though. That's the only thing about arcade games. Like with Pac-Man. Pac-Man, the first few times you ever played Pac-Man, were you any good at it? No. Nah. You'd die straight away just going, what's going on? I just got thrown into this. (laughs) But no, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've been playing a lot of Vampire Survivors. I know last night I did for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get my Steam inventory full, okay? I'm trying to, I'm trying to fill it up before I even get my new up. computer. Alright? Jeez. Can I get that bitch full? Um... And I suppose there's another game too that I that I really really I admire suppose. that I that I know that you've heard me talk about multiple multiple times, The Binding of Isaac. The Binding of Isaac. Yeah. That is probably my favorite indie game of all time. My favorite game of all time is The Binding of Isaac, and it originally started out as a Game Jam game. It was made in a day. And it ended up becoming this big fucking franchise. Yeah. To the point where they were able to bring out Super Meat Boy, and then they were able from Super Meat Boy to continue work on The Binding of Isaac and actually bring out its first DLC. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. And then they brought out Rebirth, and then now they've gotten to the point where they've gone through Rebirth, Afterbirth, Afterbirth Plus to now Repentance. And Repentance is supposed to be their last DLC for it, though they said that about Afterbirth Plus. So who <laughs> actually knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then it did take them like six years to go from Afterbirth Plus to Repentance. I don't know, man. Uh, Oh. Oh no. Oh. Ruh Raggy. Ruh Raggy. Ruh Raggy. I, I accidentally disconnected from the uh, Discord because my Discord refreshed. So hopefully you guys enjoy that little segment of blank. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, but no, I was about to say, do you have any last words for the podcast? Do you have anywhere that, that people want to check you out? Well, yeah, um, fucking hell. Well, on fucking YouTube, it's Venom Space Four Seven One Nine. On Twitch, it's just Venom Four Seven One Nine. No space because some little kid took that from YouTube. 
<laughs> so one little kid's the the original. Um, uh, got Twitter, Twitter's everything's the same thing apart from uh, YouTube with all of my socials. Really, I got a Discord and everything. That yeah. Try to get back up. So. And if you guys don't want to find him on his platform straight away, you guys can always visit him on Wakeful Entertainment. Um, I'll be there. He'll, he'll, he'll be there. I'm pretty sure, what, it's this week, that weekend, this Saturday just been, that uh, you would have gone live for the first time this year? Mm. Yeah. Would have been, but... But that's in the what future it? for us. It's yesterday <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thank thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Okay. The podcast has been brought to you by myself. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoyed having Venom4719 on the podcast. I did. I did. I did. Um... But yeah, if you guys want to know our podcast sponsor for today, uh, it, it is myself. <laughs> Wake, Wakeful Entertainment is now a business. Uh, it is a entertainment, art, uh, TV and film studio. And we are looking for people to come and join the team. So if you would like to come and join the team of Wakeful Entertainment, go and send an email through of what you'd like to have your job be um, and some something to help us make our decision on whether you're cut out to be on the team, um, whether that be if you want to become a musical person on the team, whether you want to be an animator, whether you want to be a social representative or anything like that, please email through to wakefulentertainment at hotmail.com that's w-a-k-e w-a-k-e f-u-l entertainment at hotmail.com <laughs> I butchered that a little bit but hopefully you guys wakey. get wakey thrown wakey <laughs> entertainment uh, but we are celebrating our opening of the business and would like to have you guys come onto the team as we already have a contract that is going on. And if you guys would like to be a part of that and a part of these animations that we create from Wakeful Entertainment, then please come into the team. Email. You know, DM me, whatever. Yeah. Just, just get your just name out there. That's all it is with Wakeful Entertainment. We're just getting your name out there so then you can be hired by any other animation studio, TV studio, uh, recording studio, anything. So thank you guys. And uh, we'll catch you in the next podcast. Okay. Yeah. See you guys. See ya.